Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Friday evening or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azran, the language nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and on Tumblr. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z depending on your country. R-E-N. You can also find me on quite simply by searching Azrin the language nerd on whatever your favorite social media platform is. So again, that is Azrin, A-Z or Z-R-E-N the language nerd and welcome to another podcast episode i'm very very excited as per usual to be recording this one here first and foremost i am a little bit not happy slightly disappointed because my holiday is coming to a close for people who have not followed this podcast for too too long um i am currently doing a second bachelor's degree in East Asian language studies with a concentration in Mandarin. And for the past few weeks, I have been off of school. I've not been in classes due to the holiday season and the exam, the exam season. However, next week on Friday, I have my first day back in the winter semester, and I'm really not looking forward to it. I've said this before, but I don't like a lot of university classes. I don't typically enjoy it. Most of the time I enjoy university more for the people aspect, like making friends, hanging out, being in the whole university environment. Especially me, when I go to the University of Calgary, I go to the French center. There's actually like a room where you can go and hang out, speak French, be with Francophones, blah, blah, blah. There's a Spanish center. So there's a lot of language things that are fun for me, but I don't actually enjoy the physical classes more often than not. And so I'm not really looking forward to I'm not fully looking forward to starting up starting up again next week. However, I know what I signed up for. I know why I'm doing it. And ultimately, it's the best thing for me. And it's something that's going to allow me to succeed when it comes to Mandarin. Because I'm going to say this again. I've said it many, many times in many, many podcasts. But quite honestly, it's something that cannot be said enough times. You need, all of us, all language learners need an external framework that essentially motivates you or allows you to have basically guarantees or increases the odds of you having success. So for me, I know that if I take university classes, if I am trying to do a second major, a bachelor's degree, I'm trying to get another one, I know that I'm not going to fail my classes. That's been driven into me from childhood, the importance of education, getting at least acceptable grades, And so if I'm doing a second major, I'm not going to allow myself to fail classes. It just won't happen. And if I'm not failing classes, that inherently means that I have to be learning something and it forces Mandarin to be a priority. I know myself, there is a, and actually all of us, by the way, when it comes to language learning, it is so easy to over-prioritize something else. In other words, you are going to do blah, blah, blah practice and blah, blah, blah language but instead you watched a TV show, but instead you got busy with your family, but instead you had an extra work project to do, but instead you went to sleep because you had a really long night the day before, blah, 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 it's so easy. But if I'm taking a second degree and I'm doing another major 
in, in Mandarin, and that's a big focus, I'm not going to always make those decisions, and Mandarin is now forced, quote unquote, into my schedule, and I now must do it. So I just recommend you guys think about that. What can you do in your, in your own individual language learning journeys to bring in that extra level of tension, that extra level of accountability, something that, that, that highly encourages you or motivates you or holds you accountable to progressing on a week by week by week by week by week basis. It's something I highly recommend you guys think about. Now, the main thing I want to jump into in this podcast episode here has to do with how with the difficulty of sounding like a native speaker. You see, when it comes to sounding like sounding like a native speaker, there's a lot of different things that come into play. First and foremost, you have to actually have a really strong understanding of grammar of that language and a really strong understanding of the vocabulary. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to know 50,000 words or 20,000 words or 50 or 30,000. You don't need to know as many as an educated native speaker just to come across as a native speaker. That's not at all what you need. You probably need a sign. You need way, way less than that. Depending on the language, depending on the sources you're reading, you're probably looking under the 10,000 word range, which is still a lot, by the way. So that is the first thing you're going to need. And to be able to 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 be able to know and have all of that vocabulary inside your brain and for you to be able to access that vocabulary at a moment's notice and use it spontaneously and use it grammatically correctly and understand when other people are using it with you, to be able to do all that requires a lot of practice, a lot of time and a lot of effort. And it's always, it's always interesting to me when I see people who are striving to achieve that sort of near native sort of level. And I think a lot of people are, achie- are striving for that with a sense of naivete, like a sense of not fully understanding what it takes. And I don't wanna be a Debbie Downer. I don't wanna discourage you from a trying to go for that because I think that a lot, I would honestly think, I honestly think that the majority of people have the capability of achieving that kind of level. You just need to understand that it has to be, you're going to have to put a significant amount of time into the language on a weekly basis. You're going to have to be, probably daily basis is ideal, really, let's say five to seven days a week. And you're going to have to do that for a number of years. And it's going to be, you know, it's gonna have to, it's going to have to be a significant focus. And I think a lot of people miss, miss that element. So to recap that that one element there, everybody, not everybody, most, almost everybody, right, can get to a very strong, fluent, kind of quote-unquote native level in terms of vocabulary and in terms of grammar and using it automatically. You can get there, but it's gonna take a lot of work and you have to have that, the work ethic and the patience to get there. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to sounding or coming across as a native speaker, it's not just about the vocabulary and the grammar side, it's also about the accent side and how you sound and sounding natural and making sure your pronunciation is on point and and be able to speak in that kind of natural way. And this is honestly where I find a lot of people get stuck. In my personal experience, uh, you know, there's probably more people who do who excel on the vocabulary and the grammar and that side of thing. Heck, maybe even excel with being able to use it and apply that knowledge. 
but I find that there's a minority of people who have this amazing or native-like pronunciation and style of speech and accent when they are communicating. And this is where, you know, it's it's so it's so difficult. This is something where it's it's such a challenge and I, I don't know why, but a lot of people find it, you know, much more difficult to improve the the accent and pronunciation side than they do the the vocabulary and the the grammar and that whole side of things. I think one practical piece of advice that I can give you on the accent side, which occurred to me this morning actually, is picking out the high frequency words and making sure that you are able to nail those high frequency words. So let's back up and let me explain a little bit deeper what I mean. A high frequency word is a word that is used a lot in a language. So if we look at a language like English, the or a, like the car, the apple, a, per, uh, a person, uh, whatever, an apple, a house, a tree, the, like, uh, the, like th those are two very high frequency words. And there's many, 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 many high frequency words. But whatever language you are trying to learn, I would Google like top 100 or like high frequency words, top high frequency words in blah, blah, blah language. Google it top high frequency words in French, top high frequency words in English, top high frequency words in Swahili, in this, in that, and pick out some of them and make sure that the high frequency words, you are able to actually say them well. Because ultimately, languages, and especially if we, especially if we take a language like English, not only are there lots of sounds and lots of words, but often, when you look at a word, you don't know exactly how a native speaker would say that word. You don't know, because English is not a phonetic language. It's not a language where you look at a word and you pronounce every letter. That's not how it works. Not to mention, often one letter is going to change, one letter's pronunciation changes based on context. Like I can say the word top, right? Like T-O-P. The letter T in top says T, like top. That's that letter T. But if we look at a word like actually, the T in actually is actually pronounced more like a CH. I don't say actually. Nobody says actually. Hey, actually, let's go to the mall. What the heck? No, we say actually with like a ch. So how are you supposed to know that? If you're not a native speaker, or you're not around it, you're not gonna know just by looking at a word. So when you hit it, when you hit a language like that, it's challenging to fix every single word, especially up front, because there's so much that you have to fix, especially if you have bad habits. But you can definitely fix the high frequency words, so at least you know that the words that you are using the most frequently in your speech, you are saying them correctly. I think that's something that can absolutely help a lot of you to take a few steps forward to sounding more like a native speaker. Now, here's the thing. You can speak well, you've got this great vocabulary, you got a great grammar, you can use that well. You've been able to move your accent forward and your overall naturalness forward so you sound great. But that's not all. That's still not everything, especially if you're using my personal definition of near native fluency, which is the reading and writing side of things. Now, this is where we get into some debates and we can get into some debatable territory. And this is because some people think that some people view fluency more on the speaking and listening side while there are other people who view it speaking, listening, reading, and writing, more of a holistic side. 
I'm one of those people that for me personally, I define it based on reading, writing, speaking, and listening, all of those four elements. And so if I want to call myself at a near native or very advanced level, I've got to have a high level of, of, of reading and a high, like a high reading comprehension level and a high writing level. I have to be able to express complex thoughts in writing. And what's funny is that a lot of people often naturally go to themselves, oh yeah, I can read. Oh yeah, I can write. Yeah, 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 that stuff is easier. I have time to think about it. Here's what you don't realize. I want you to think about what picture or what are you, what scenarios are you picturing and imagining when you are, when you're asking yourself, when you're, when you're thinking about reading and writing, your reading and writing level. I think a lot of people can, are, are thinking about things like writing emails, writing text messages, reading some websites, reading a blog post, reading YouTube comments, Instagram comments, messages. That's usually what people are imagining when it comes to the reading and writing level. However, if you want to have a very strong level and you want to have like something that is reasonably close to an educated native speaker of the language, please understand that they are able to write in more complex scenarios. If they had to write you a three page paper or a response or a work business proposal, they would be able to do it. And so just because you can go through and read websites and, and text with your friends and write emails, maybe even complex emails, maybe you can do that, but you still, in my books anyway, in my personal, for me, for Azrin the language nerd, for my definition of fluency, you haven't quite done enough. You've got, you've got a long, a long way to go. And like, just to delve into this, just to delve into this a little bit further, it's like you being able to exchange emails with a friend or heck, even your boss is wildly different than the ability to write a sensitive email to a potential employee or to an employee or to your boss. Let's say your boss actually, you know, a sensitive email being like, hey, I'm really sorry, but there's some things that are on my mind and this is bothering me and I would like to work this out. I want to keep working here, but man, I don't know about blah, 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 blah. And I'm confused because I'm also going through this. Like that kind of email is wildly different, wildly. And so, and same with the reading side, like being able to read a, uh, I don't know, like, a, like a, think of a novel like in 1984 in English. This is a classic book that a lot of people have read but to be able to read that as a non, to be able to read that, excuse me, requires such a deep level and deep knowledge of the English language to really fully enjoy that book. Even me, when I've read that book, I haven't been able to fully finish it because it it taxes my brain, like to be able to like absorb it properly. And it's, you know, even for me, it's not the easiest thing in the world. So all of this to say the following, to achieve a native or rather near native level in blah, blah, blah language. And I'm speaking of reading, writing, listening, and conversation, all four, right? When it comes to achieving that level, it's really hard. It's hard. It's not easy. And any program or any person or any whoever that had that is saying that like anyone who, how do I say this? Anyone who claims or who has, or who says, oh yeah, I've just studied for a year and I have this, and I'm like advanced in French. I'm like almost like a native speaker. No, 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 they're not. They are just able to navigate 
that 80% or 90% of most common day-to-day -day scenarios that arise in that language. They can hang out, they can go to bars, they can talk to you, they can discuss stuff, they can have basic conversations on politics. But that 10%, like the difference between, here, here's a good way to put it. The difference between advanced and near native is vast. It's a vast difference. It's a big one. And while maybe someone could get to that quote unquote advanced state, right? Advanced level, let's call it. Sure, that might be doable in a reasonably short period of time. Someone might be able to do really intensive study for a year and kind of and maybe have a hope, a prayer of getting to a quote unquote more advanced kind of level, maybe in two years. Like, yes, that I could see, but near native, it's hard. It takes time, effort, a lot of patience, a lot of effort to get there. And um, it takes effort. Yeah, just not easy. However, I do want to stress this. Contrary to what a lot of people might believe, it is possible. It's not so hard that you can't, that it's unachievable. Like the majority, the majority of you could do it if it was something you actually chose you wanted to do. That's the big thing. And I think what tends to happen is when we start to dissect and we start to actually dive into the real difficulty and what it takes and the amount of time and effort it takes to achieve that quote unquote near native level, you know, it's not that you can't get there. I think that the majority of people, unless you love the process, are going to, are going to say to themselves, I don't want to put that kind of effort in. My mom, my own mother said it to me recently. She's watching me, like, I don't know, she's watched me learn languages for a long time, but something recently clicked in her brain. She's like, man, if this is what I had to do to be able to get to like a sound like a French person in French, because she has a certain level of French, but she wants to get better. Or even like Gujarati, for example, her Gujarati is good, but it's not perfect per se. You know, and she's like, man, if that's what I had to do I to get to like that near native level, She's like, I don't even want to do it. I don't want to. Even if I could, like, that's not interesting to me. And for me, that, that's where I'm opposite. I enjoy that process. And the people who really do get, and actually this is a good place to end the podcast off. The people who do get to that amazingly awesome kind of level where they are at a near native state and level, they're the people that enjoyed the process. Those are the people that got there. Anyone who is trying to get there but they were not enjoying the process. The problem is you're, it's, it's such a hard thing to do that if you don't like it, you're going to quit or you're not gonna, you're gonna quit or you're going to give up on it. Or even if you don't, because you're not enjoying it, you're not actually fully learning from all the action steps you're taking. Thus, the process being even longer and thus doubling or increasing the, ch the chances again of you quitting at some point because it's gonna take even longer than what you initially, what it typically would if you were enjoying the process. So that's kind of the big thing here. Um, that's kind of what I want to talk about in this podcast. So overall, you can do it. Uh, I know at some point I was Debbie Downer, a little bit discouraging, but I want you to realize it is possible for the majority of people, if not all people, definitely really doable. You just have to understand that you're looking at a 10-year stretch in front of you of consistent, consistent kind of work. So anyway... Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate it. You guys rock. Have a fantastic Friday evening, Friday night. Have a great weekend. And we will talk. Uh, we'll talk soon. Bye for now. See you.